Born sort of pop, give yourself a break so you can kick it back like a couch potato. And life will have to wait till way, way later. Oh boy. So, the other day, this is what happened. She was not always bad. She was alright during the summer when she'd spend time outside. It would never be more than five days a year though, but still. It made a difference. And I don't mean to say that it was great because she wasn't around as much. No. Let me tell you the story. Or better yet, I'll let one of the birds in my backyard tell the story. After all, I was just an innocent bystander from the window. Imagine this is all told in my best bird-sounding voice. So it should sound very chirpy. Something I'm not good at, so part of my lack of tweety, chirpy sounds. Here we go. So me and my bird wife are sitting on our nest up in the tree talking about taking our children on the first picnic. It was because we had something to celebrate. All our kids had learned how to fly. It had been a lot of trial and error. They all managed to learn it in the end. None of them were falling out of the nest anymore. A couple had a nasty fall at one point, but they're all right now. Even Tweety the third, our youngest one. They were all able to fly to the tallest trees without any problems at that point. It was nice and sunny out, and the lawn we were looking at was the greenest grass you'd ever seen. And sure, there was a cat roaming around, but that was not a big problem. Yes, it was a little bit of a problem because that cat was so white and the sun was so bright. And that day, of course, the sunlight to reflect on this cat so brightly that it hurt all our eyes. But I had been smart enough to go grab some extra sunglasses for everyone at the store. We left our bird friends some messages asking them to come celebrate with us. One friend, a sparrow, called me right back and he said, We're not coming over there because that big cat is in the backyard as well. So it's too dangerous for us. I started laughing. That's not a cat. That's a disco ball on four legs. If you were on the moon, you'd still be able to clearly see this cat crawl over the bright green grass. So come on over. We have ice cream and cake for everybody. And so he and his family also came. It was such a fun little gathering and celebration. There were 30 of us there in all. Sure, we could see that cat trying to sneak up on us. But anyway, all the birds set up little blankets and unpacked all the lunchy stuff they had brought. And then kicked back to enjoy themselves greatly. We took our time eating, but rushed ourselves through the desserts, because it tasted so good. It was after that Grandpa Bird warned us. He was on the lookout, although his eyes were not what they used to be. His eyes had actually become far-sighted. I'm pretty sure that means that he can't see anything that isn't immediately in front of him. Well, he warned us that he thought the cat was attacking us. All the grown-up birds started to pack their things up and whatnot. But the younger birds started to complain and whine that we had not sang any songs together yet. That we shouldn't leave until we had all sung together. The grown-up birds all gave in and we sung about three or four songs together. They were not very long songs by any means, but they were not short either. Now we all started to clean up together and we made sure to double check so we wouldn't leave any single piece of trash. That would be just wrong to pollute a place as lovely as this. 
Well, in the end, everybody still got out of there in time before that slow cat was ready to pounce on us. Uncle Vinny was always such a jokester, brought a toy bird about our size, and he left it where we had just enjoyed our picnic together. We all slowly flew into the closest tree and turned around to see how this big, fluffy, white cat pounced on this fake toy bird that was laying there. Oh boy, did we enjoy watching that cat stumble over himself trying to catch a bird that was not even moving. We filmed and posted it on Twitter. Last, I checked. It already had over 1 million views. Folks simply loved it. It's me again. Funny, right? How these birds told the story of my sister's slow cat. Yeah, my sister's cat. Whenever she makes a fool of herself, I always call her my sister's cat. I don't want anybody to think I have anything to do with that cat. Huh. So you might understand by now that this princess cat of ours had never caught anything to eat for herself. So we had to buy all the cat food for her. Well, my parents anyway. I was not in the habit of contributing any of my money towards cat food. That would be the day. But buying cat food was not as easy as you'd think. No, really. It was very tricky, as a matter of fact. At least in the case of this cat. But let me tell you. So I came home and I hear my sister crying. And here you should be aware of the fact that hearing anybody cry makes me feel very uncomfortable. And I don't like being around it one bit. But if my sister was crying and my mom was talking to her, I figured my sister must have done something bad and I should immediately go find out what it is she did wrong. The fact was, I was always the one getting in trouble and my sister hardly ever. I was looking forward to finding out what it was she had done. And after I would find out what it was she had done wrong, I would say to her, See, I told you. Because my sister always told me that whenever I got into trouble. Well, it turned out it was an amazing build-up for a terrible disappointment. My sister was not in trouble at all. She was crying because our cat had not eaten anything for the last two days. My mom had given Rebecca different option after different option, but Rebecca had gone over to each new food option, but just to smell it. Because every time, as soon as she smelled it, she pulled her nose up and walked away without eating even half a bite. So when I walked in, my mom immediately said, Oh, good, you're here. We're going to the pet store. My brain had to come up with a solution ASAP. Of course I have a good one. Go to Johnny's house. No, he had baseball practice and he would not be there. Now I'd have to sit in the minivan with my mom and my crying sister to drive two towns over where there was an actual pet store. My sister was crying all hysterically because she thought her cat was about to die. A cat that was still her usual chubby self. Because all this cat did was eat and lay on the couch. How could she not? So I protested. Mom! Are you seriously saying that you have tried 10 different flavors for her in the last two days and now you think you can find her something she'll like? How about you just let her starve for a day or two and then she'll eat whatever you put in front of her? My sister started crying even harder at this point. It was like I was standing next to a police car with its siren on. 
But after I said the part about Rebecca needing to starve a bit more, it sounded like an ambulance and a fire truck joined in. And if that was not enough, my mother blamed me for the whole thing. Look what you have done to your sister. Just stop complaining and get in the car. I said to myself, life is not fair. And I needed to take care of myself, quickly. So I ran to the bathroom and reached into the bag of cotton that my mom used to remove her makeup with. It's a big chunk of it that she divides into smaller cotton pieces every time she needed some. Well, I divided that whole thing into two halves and pushed one in each ear. These pieces were so big it looked like I had pillows growing out of my ears. And I looked ridiculous, for sure. But I figured it would get my point across of my sister being too loud with her crying. My mom and sister were already in the van. My sister did not notice anything because she was too busy sobbing on the backseat. And my mom did not notice because she was too busy on her phone. But I was not worried. They were going to notice eventually. It was too obvious not to be noticed. My mom got off her phone and got herself ready to pull back out of the parking spot. She finally noticed me and yelled, What in the name have you done this time? I put my hand by my ear pretending I could not hear because I had my ear stuffed up with cotton. But really it made hardly any difference. My mom yelled again, Why do you have your ear stuffed with cotton? She yelled it so loud any astronauts on the moon could hear it, even if they had a hearing problem. But I simply pretended I could not. I raised my shoulders and yelled back, What did you say, Mom? I can't hear you because I stuffed cotton in my ear so I wouldn't have to hear Grace crying. My sister had been quiet for the last two seconds as she looked up to see what trouble I was up to this time. But after she saw me and rolled her eyes, She lay back down and began to cry again, and my mom started to drive. When we got to the first stoplight, a white minivan pulled up next to us. At first I did not notice anything, but then I felt people were staring at me. I looked over and saw there were four kids in the back of the van, and they were all pointing at me and talking about me. It made sense. I looked ridiculous. I tried to ignore the fact these kids were talking about me, But then I figured I should do something useful with this. I pretended to ignore them when I put my hand under my shirt and moving it up to the top while my hand was still hiding under my shirt. Then the surprise came when I made my hand jump out of my shirt through the neckline to have it immediately grab my own neck. Like that hand was trying to choke me. Or pretend to, anyway. And I acted like I was just as surprised as anybody else would be if it really had happened to them. I opened my mouth like I was gasping for air and started to twitch my body extra dramatically. I made it seem like I was squirming around fighting for my life and trying my best to get away from this hand. I even brought my left hand up trying to make it look like I was trying to defend myself from this mysterious hand that was attacking me. I made all the noises that someone would make who was in a situation like that. Because I like to really get into my role that way. Which, of course, got my mother's attention. And she yelled, Can you please stop doing whatever it is you are doing this time? 
I was not finished with my performance yet, so I continued. I pretended that for a second my left hand was stronger than my right hand and it lifted my right hand about 10 inches away from my face. I stuck my tongue out and quickly took a bunch of deep breaths pretending to catch up on getting air back into my body. But then the most horrible part came. My right hand was stronger than my left as it slowly started working itself towards my face. My left hand was not strong enough to protect me from my other hand, so all I could do was try to move my face away from the hand that was about to grab it. In my struggle against my own hand, I had dropped myself against the window, because I figured somebody who was fighting for their life would do that kind of thing. But I also did it so I could see if my actions had an effect on these kids in the other van. Well, I had their attention now. They all leaned over in their seats towards my direction to make sure they did not miss a thing. At this point, my hand was about to grab my full face, but I was still fighting it. I screamed out loud, No! No! Ah!" I could see they were laughing now, and I think I was even able to hear them yell in excitement. My mission was accomplished. I no longer needed to choke myself which was probably better for my health. I sat back up straight and pulled my hand back down. The light turned green and my mom drove off while their van was still waiting for their turn. I waved goodbye with a smile and two of the boys gave me the thumbs up in return. Perfect. When we arrived at the pet store parking lot, my mom called to the back of the van. You should stay in the car, sweetie. I pretended not to hear it and exited the van while whistling a joyful tune. My mom did not bring it up again, so I figured I was getting away with it. When we entered the store, there were a couple of gumball machines right there. But not all of them had gumballs in there. One had red licorice in there, and I loved me some red licorice. But I was getting it for another reason this time. I bargained with my mom. Can I have two quarters so I can get some red licorice? That's the least you can do for me after dragging me out here for no good reason. I was guilt tripping her this way. And I was doing so in a very loud voice. Because I was still pretending I could not hear anything. But it was obvious the people around us thought I was being too loud. Because they all looked over in my direction. The big pieces of cotton might have had something to do with that as well. My mom probably hoped that if I had some licorice in my mouth, I would not draw so much attention to myself. Well, she was dead wrong about that. But she was not going to find that out till after I had gotten the quarters. My mom and my no longer crying sister walked up to the cat food section of the store. And I started to chew on my red licorice candy, but I never swallowed any of it. I simply put both pieces in my mouth and started to chew it up while I went looking for my mom and sister. I'd almost forgotten that I had pillows growing out of each ear, but the way people were looking at me with those big eyes, I could tell my ear pillows were still there. My sister and mom were at the end of aisle four, and I was excited to do what I was going to do when the doing gets to the doing, and I get to be the one doing all that funny doing. But first, I needed to get further down the aisle to get closer to them. They were too busy looking at all the different cans of food options to notice me. 
So when I got within about 20 feet of them, I swung my left arm behind my head. I did so in such a way that my left hand was exactly under my right ear, dangling forward over my right shoulder. I now opened my mouth fully while it was still stuffed to the brim with red licorice. And I started to make weird moaning sounds. I also started to limp and walk like I was a zombie. I could not wait to see my sister and mom's reaction when they'd notice me, and hopefully I'd even scare them. And even if they would not get scared, just seeing their surprised and annoyed faces would be well worth all the effort. But then somebody else turned onto the owl right behind my mom and sister. It turned out it was a woman holding a new and empty fishbowl. She got so startled and scared when she saw me that she screamed to let go of the fishbowl. She didn't just let go of it. She threw it up as she reached for her face. Reaching both hands for the face is a very common reaction women have when they feel scared and feel like they need to scream for fear. But just to let you know, bringing your hands to your face never helps. And especially not right now. Seeing that fishbowl fly through the air was kind of beautiful in itself. The store was so brightly lit with all these fluorescent lights they use, which helped the visual effect on the glass fishbowl greatly. It seemed like I was almost like a spaceship flying through the great universe of the pet store. And somehow the aliens had lost control of their flying saucer and came for a crash landing onto Mother Earth. But since these aliens came from a different planet, they probably call Mother Earth Auntie Earth. I'm not sure who they'd call Uncle, though. But you should probably ask your teacher that, because they know everything. Except for everything that they don't know. But back to things getting real. The glass fishbowl landed and burst apart into 2,223,925 and a half pieces. I did not count them, but that was the rough estimate or wildest guess. I'll tell you this, when this many pieces go in the different directions all at the same time, they all say goodbye to each other at that exact moment of landing and it makes for a very loud kabam smack a doodle. It is so loud you can't hear what any of the little pieces of glass say individually. But one told me later, he said he asked his buddy if he wanted to hang out later. Which they did, in the garbage can after the floor was cleaned up all proper like by this guy that worked in the store. As far as hanging out with friends, I wish I could have said the same for me and Johnny. But the first thing my mom said after this happened was, That's it, buddy. You're in trouble. You're not allowed to hang out with Johnny for a week. She knew what would punish me the most. No hanging out with Johnny. I was bummed for sure. Mostly, I was upset because this would mean I'd have to wait for a whole week before I could tell Johnny all the amazing stuff I pulled off that day. But then I realized I'd still see him at school. And I could tell him everything at recess. Now I was less bummed. What I thought was funny looking a second ago, 
you know, the cotton in the size of a pillow coming out of my ears, the red licorice in my mouth, and the arm behind my head. Now it seemed rather silly. So I swallowed the licorice. That was tasty. Took my arm down and pulled the cotton out of my ears. I also knew what I had to do. I scared this lady almost out of her underpants. So I should at least apologize. So I said, I'm sorry, ma'am. I was trying to scare my mom and sister and I did not know you were about to come around the corner. I'll go get somebody from the store to come clean it up so you don't have to deal with it. I was feeling sorry for her and I knew that taking care of things was the right thing to do. But I also figured it was a way out of there as quick as possible. This way, there was no need for me to just stand there and feel awkward about the whole thing. I found a store clerk two hours over. He had not heard the fishbowl crash because he had earbuds in, so he could listen to something different than the same 20 boring Christmas songs they were playing in the store all day. But was it all worth it, going through all that trouble for cat food? Probably not. Four days later, my sister was in hysterics again. My mom had found the right brand and the right flavor that Rebecca wanted to eat. But she only really wanted it for three days and not four. My sister's cat was back to not eating anything again because she decided nothing was good for her. Which meant my mom had another ten cans of food for our princess cat that was now utterly useless. So I suggested my sister should eat those last ten cans of cat food Something I should have not said because now I was racing to my bedroom with my sister close behind me screaming that I was disgusting. I made it there just in time and locked the door behind me without any of my sister's long nails peeling me like a potato. Woo! That was a close call. But let me tell you why Johnny and I call my sister's cat Rebecca, the pillow, the first. You all know her name is Rebecca and that she acts like a princess. So the reason we call her the first as well is because throughout history, it seems like all royal families have a tendency to not be able to come up with very original names for their kids. So they just name their kid the same as they are called. They must not be really smart or something. For example, in France they had a king called Louis. Well, it seemed like down the family line, no one in this royal family was able to come up with any good names. We have Louis I all the way down to Louis XVIII and everything in between. So, for example, imagine Louis VIII and his wife when they had a son. And they were sitting by the little toddler bed trying to come up with any good boy names. And it seemed like they could not come up with any good names. I would say, what about Frederick? Or what about Francisco? That's a nice name, right? But no, they could not think of any boy names. So they had a problem. Then the wife says, Oh, I have an amazing idea. Let's just call him Louis. And since you are Louis VIII, we should call him Louis Ninth. They were so happy now. They danced around the bedroom together and King Louis VIII said to his wife, You are so creative. I love that about you. But between you and me, dear listeners, I don't think she was creative at all. 
but we'll forgive her for that. And now you know why Johnny and I snuck the first at the back of her name. But you still have no idea why the word pillow is in her name. Well, I'm about to fix that. Rebecca, the pillow, the first. You might recall how this cat of ours would sleep a lot. And how she would do so most often than not curled up on the couch in the living room. And keep in mind that she was a Persian cat with very white, long hairs. This is not interesting by itself. Move along. Nothing to see here. It only gets interesting when we'd have a guest who had never been to our house before. And most often I was the one to open the door at our house. I think it comes from this optimistic nature I seem to have. I see everything as an opportunity. What if this person at the door came to drop something amazing off? Then I'd be the first one to see it. Or what if I could play a trick on this person at the door? That could be hilarious. Or what if it was an alien at the door and he got lost and wanted to know directions back to Jupiter? I'd simply say, You looking for Jupiter? Well, if you look up there, you will see the moon. Well, go there and take a left. Then you take a right and another left. You can't miss it. It's a big round planet. The biggest one in our solar system, actually. Well, so this one time, a little after dinner, the doorbell rang. And Johnny and I were hanging out in my bedroom. But still, I dashed out from my room and went to go open the door. A man, probably my dad's age, was standing at the door. He was rather tall and had a very firm build. I could have seen him be a football player when he was younger. But now he was not young anymore. He was even balding a bit. He seemed friendly and he asked, Is this the home of Vince Wallace? Is he home by any chance? I did not answer him directly, but instead turned my head and yelled, Dad! Someone here to see you! I left him there and ran back to my room. Here, I said, Quick, it's time. Grab some dinky toy cars and let's go to the living room. Johnny knew enough. He already had a smile on his face and quickly moved to make it all happen. My dad had not made it to the front door yet when we were already getting situated on the living room floor. And if you ever wanted to see two well-behaved children, Johnny and I were the poster child for that movement. We were being quiet, and we were playing well together. If you believed children were to be seen and not to be heard, you would have been impressed by us for sure. For we were the two best-behaved boys in the world at that moment. Or we were at least pretending to be. <laughs> then my dad walked in with this other man and tells him, Make yourself comfortable on the couch while I start up some coffee. Things were about to get good. Real good. I can't believe my dad still had not learned that he needed to warn people about what could happen. But maybe he knew just as well as me, and he on some level got a buzz out of what would happen just as much as me and Johnny. This man looked around the room for a second before he went over to the couch to make himself comfortable. He went over to go sit down 
exactly where the one pillow on the couch was. It was white. It was fluffy. It was soft. And it had nails. As soon as he sat down and put a little pressure on the cat, she turned around so rapidly fast to dig her nails into his butt that he very quickly came back up again. But Rebecca's claws were still dug into his behind, so she followed back up along with him while he yelled, Oh, oh, ah, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> Johnny and I started to crack up laughing. This is what we had hoped would happen. And now it was happening in front of our very own eyes? It hurt my belly. It was so good. But wait, it got even better. My dad came running from the kitchen to find out what was going on. He saw our visitor standing like he was taking a poop with Rebecca dangling from his behind. Front claws dug deep into his soft buttocks. My dad does not hesitate for one second and runs over to help our poor visitor. He grabs Rebecca with his left hand to hold her up while he carefully starts to declaw our visitor from Rebecca's nails. You should have been there. It was such a funny sight. Our visitor kept screaming to tell my dad to stop, while my dad kept telling him to stay quiet. My dad was holding Rebecca with one hand, so he used his other hand to pull the first paw off. He decided to go for the right paw first. It was tricky, and he had to be careful, but he got it done eventually. Now he focused on Rebecca's left paw. Well, this stressed Rebecca out so much that she grabbed onto the poor visitor's butt again with her right paw. Ow! He yelled. And the poor guy screamed for his mother, and his mother's mother, and his mother's mother's mother, when Rebecca's nail dug back into his butt cheek. Now my dad yelled at us, Don't just sit there laughing. Come here and help me out. Though our bodies were weak from laughing, we managed to get up, and go over to help. My dad said, I'll hold on to Rebecca while each of you unhook one of her paws, okay? We were successful. My dad turned around to put Rebecca back down before he turned his attention to Johnny and I. But we, including our cars, were gone just in time to not have to face this talking to. Because he probably knew by now that we could, and should, have warned this visitor about our sharp-clawed cat in the disguise of a white, soft, fluffy pillow. I tell you, Rebecca the Pillow the First. Isn't that the best name for her in like forever? If you don't agree with me, you can always write me a letter. Just drop it off at my house. We have a mailbox by the road, so you don't have to walk all the way up the driveway. It's super easy. And everybody in my hometown knows where I live. So just ask. Okay? I look forward to reading it. The end. The end of the story. The end. But there's more. Oh, much more to come. So it's the end. But, you know, not the end. The end. Okay, I'll be right there, Mom.